Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and uncertainty that lies ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth, and The Watchman will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of the unlimited imagination when we expound on the underreported facts. We're going to be expounding on those underreported facts with Annette Baker. Annette Baker is an environmental science expert, homeschool teacher. She's also a chairwoman, a regional chairwoman of the Berks County Republican Committee. Welcome back to the Watchman Annette. Thank you very much. Glad to be back again. Well, it's glad to have we're great glad to have you back. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with this whistleblower because we're seeing a lot of of uh, of this in the news. And I think what's interesting in all of this, when Trump released the transcript, which was something that nobody expected him to do, the whistleblower became irrelevant. They didn't need him anymore. All right. That was something that nobody expected him to do. And that really put Russ in the blade for their for their sham. OK, because he released the transcript and now they're <laughs> now they're pursuing mindless drivel, if you will, breadcrumbs, if you will, for. For for uh, treason, I, I I don't know what what are they chasing him for now? It's a blackmail or, or or bribery or whatever it is, extortion. I don't know what they got. I mean, whatever whatever craziness they're trying to get the president on. But let's look at this whistleblower because this is this is another reason why we need to stop and look because this whistleblower, well, he gave false stories when he when he and he should come forward with testimony because he did. Okay, so the facts as we know them. Okay, first off, there really is no real whistleblower because there was no real crime to blow the whistle on. And I think we want to be clear on that. As we said before, we start with a crime and work backwards. Now, what this person allegedly reported on didn't really happen. It's like someone blowing the whistle on a crime and the perpetrator of the crime, but there was no crime that took place. So the alleged crime itself never took place. And this is what we're talking about. I mean, this is how crazy this is. The, the transcript of the call was released. The alleged deal never happened. Kellyanne Conway, was it was beautiful the way she did this. Uh, she handed the transcript to the fake news anchors that were interviewing. I believe it was on ABC or one of those network channels. She had the transcript and she handed it to those anchors. And she said, circle for me where the illegal deal is on the transcript and of course they had nothing to say about it because there was no illegal deal and i think that was very telling see they couldn't because there wasn't anything that was bad it was all a fabrication and they're losing their audience so now they're shifting this to bribery and extortion see the whistleblower report obviously was written by an attorney that's another fact we know we know the whistleblower report was not not likely written by an intelligence person. Now, we know that this person gave secondhand information to Adam Schiff before anything was reported on anything to collude the story. That in and of itself makes him not a whistleblower because to be a whistleblower, you have to follow a certain protocol. And if he went scampering over to Adam Schiff, well, then he suddenly, not, he suddenly broke that protocol and has taken away his title as whistleblower. And, of course, let's look at his attorney, Mark Zaid. This 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 attorney, he founded the works for the whistleblower. He founded and works for whistleblower aid. That's right. He founded an organization called whistleblower aid. That's this guy's attorney. 
Now, this is an organization that was set up in the D.C. Beltway to encourage intelligence people who have a political disagreement with Trump to come forward and receive discounted legal service. That's whistleblower aid. And that's this guy's attorney. See, you, you wonder why the Republicans are sticking together. <laughs> this is why the Republicans are sticking together. This is so obvious for anyone to see. It is so bad. Now, we know Jade is a uh, he's a Democrat partisan. Now, Adam Schiff is also a documented liar. Now, he's lied for three years that he had evidence on Trump colluding with the Russians. And, of course, he had nothing, but he told everybody he did. We're still waiting on that, Mr. Schiff. He's on the news every day lying to the public. And now the same fake news is putting Schiff out there lying again. So now the whistleblower isn't really a whistleblower, as I said, because he came out and he met with Schiff. And then he filed his complaint. So he broke that protocol. The whistleblower's already made false statements. Now, his complaint had several knowing, knowingly false statements. For example, he signed on the form that he was a firsthand witness. And yet, in the complaint, he acknowledged he had no firsthand knowledge of the call. Now, who gave the whistleblower the information? He said his complaint in his complaint, that he gathered this information in pursuit of his job duties. Well, the CIA's job duties does not involve spying on the president of the United States and the White House. All right, let's just cut the comedy there, folks. There are several blatantly false, illegal things admitted in the complaint. So with the whistleblower on the ropes, we now have fake experts coming forward to challenge what? Oh, the transcript. Annette, they're challenging the transcript. They're going after the transcript, and now it looks like they're changing the narrative again, the bribery and extortion. And that, where are they going with this? Why are they running around like, uh, why are they chasing a rabbit through the briar patch? What, what's going on here? <laughs> well, uh, I think we talked about uh, the, the challenge to the transcript a few weeks ago when this first came out. And we were talking about the transcript, and we, you know, I, I think uh, we came to the conclusion that at some point they would challenge the transcript because it didn't have what they wanted in it, which was the president issuing a quid pro Joe, as you call them, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was, that was what they were looking for. And um, obviously it, it didn't give them what they wanted. So they're going to continue on their fishing expedition, trying to find, you know, Moby Dick impeachment whale uh, to get the president, you know, and they really are uh, like Ahab in the story of Moby Dick. After this, you know, this beast of a of a of a nightmare situation, trying to to get revenge, and they're just going to keep missing it. And you know, obviously, it's one of those situations where, um, you know, how much more money and time and effort are they going to put into trying to find a crime that doesn't exist, at least to our knowledge at this point? Um, the fact that they are challenging the actual transcript then calls into question not just the integrity of the president of our country, but the president of the Ukraine and all of the people that were listening in on that phone call, the people that transcribed that phone call. Um, how many people are they willing to tarnish and drag through the mud and, and destroy in order to get their way? And you and I both know it will be anyone that gets in their way or doesn't comply with what they want until they get what they want. And you know, this is kind of the circular circular reasoning that they're going to continue to use to try to go after the president until they can finally get him, get to the point where they can say, aha, we have enough evidence 
that he had to have done something mm-hmm. wrong. We just haven't found it yet, which I think Adam Schiff actually might have said uh, at one point um, when he was talking about finding evidence for the Russia hoax. Um, you know, obviously they, they just are going to keep going. And, and I don't see any end in sight, honestly. Wow. And that's the sad part. Well, it is. But, I mean, Americans are asking the question, like, and again, we're all asking, maybe they're not asking it directly, but we'll ask it here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL, okay, because we're going to unpack this sufficiently here, okay, because we have a pursuit of truth here, okay? Bottom line is, why would Trump call on the Ukraine for help, for his, for political help? Why would he need to do that? I mean, this is a guy that, that, that won his re-election because he visited states and he did his rallies and he ran a very effective campaign. Why would he need to call on Ukraine for help? It doesn't even make sense. Now, they're now they're trying to say, well, you know, he's investigating Burismia and, and that's tied to Biden's son and and all of this. Well, let me help you folks. OK, Biden was was the point man for for Obama in, in, in uncovering and dismantling the corruption in the Ukraine. But I think Biden got swallowed up by the corruption monster and has now taken on the characteristics of this monster. And that's part of the problem. He's part of the corruption in the Ukraine. That's what I think's out there. And this is what they're terrified about. Because Biden is part of it all. Oh, but he's a political opponent. Well, he happens to be the weakest political opponent. I mean, this is a guy that when he was asked a question by a moderator in the second debate or third debate, his teeth came out. His teeth just fell right out of his mouth. I mean, this is a guy, he was so unprepared for the debate that he forgot it's polident to hold his dentures in. Look, I, I'm just telling you, folks. Now, when you look at this whistleblower, getting back to the whistleblower, okay, Vindeman may be the guy. He may be the first guy. Now, this is the the dressed up war hero that still got shrapnel on his body. This is the guy we can't we can't talk about because he's the war hero. Okay. Well, again, you know we we you know again he's claiming that the transcript was edited and was incomplete. That's where he was trying to go with that. You know, Vindeman says, well, he was on the call and the transcript was edited. So now he's out there trying to say this. Well, there's always so much more than what meets the eye. And there's always a simple, logical explanation of stuff on the surface seems. And it just seems odd to me. Impeaching the president over a phone call for which we have a transcript. The Democrats want to pay more attention to whistleblowers than they do the transcript. The whistleblower wasn't on the call and now we have the second, well, maybe not the whistleblower, but this guy, Vindeman. And, of course, any any criticism of this guy is not permitted because he's a war hero. And, and, and you know, Vindeman, guess what he's saying? Oh, well, we can't criticize him, but he's saying that Trump edited the transcript because, you see, everyone knows the transcript cancels the whistleblower. So Vindeman's out there saying, well, he, he, edited, he edited the transcript. Now, Vindeman would, would actually be like a silent like whistleblower number one, I guess, because if he was the guy that tipped off the first guy, I, I don't know. But what the whistleblower we, we all know about would be that, you know, the other guy would be whistleblower number two. He's the guy that called shift. But the, the, look, they were all working with shift and, and, and shift. Well, he doesn't want that to come out. So we do we do hear the rules. And wait till you hear the rules in this impeachment resolution that the Democrats come up with. Wait till you hear the, you know, hear these because, you know, we've got them ready to explain to you. We're going to, we're trying to explain to you in easy 
understandable way, if you will, as well as all of this, that, you know, that, that, that have, and we're going to touch on this because Alexander Vindeman, who served two decades in the military, again, he's, he's, you can't talk about him. So look, I, I'm just telling you, folks, when we, when this all comes out and we see the details on all of this, on this resolution and how the Republicans can't cross-examine witnesses or how they can't, they, 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 their questions may, can be, can be denied by the chairman or witnesses can be told you don't have to answer that question. I mean, we're all going to be asking again, there's no presumption of innocence, there's no due process. So why do we have these fake experts rushing to judgment without due process anyway? And again, Annette, I mean, the process itself is what they're going after. But this guy, Vindeman, this is the guy that they were trying to bring in. But I think that they're kind of waning on that now because they realize, well, it's all hearsay, isn't it, Annette? Yeah, that's what it appears to be. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and I think that's the the ongoing uh, problem with this with this whole thing, this whole inquiry that they're doing, is that you know they they can't seem to figure out what which witness they want to bring in, because if it doesn't fit the narrative that they want, then they're willing to say, well, no, we need to we need to talk to somebody else. We need to change that. And I think that's the problem is they, they are looking for someone who has um, the testimony that fits the narrative that they want, which is that the president broke the law. And they are going to keep searching until they can find somebody who's willing to come in and say that. Now, they also are going to need some kind of proof. It can't just be testimony of witnesses and that's it. There's, there has to be some kind of record. And since, again, I go back to the idea of, you know, of altering the transcripts or changing it, um, you know, you're, you're calling into question a lot of other people. It's not just the president and his comments. Um, it's the people that were on the calls and things like that. And, you know, it's amazing to me when you hear, um, I think it was like, a, I think it was a couple of days ago that, you know, yet another witness said, well, you know, I remembered something that I forgot it before, so I want to amend my testimony. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. Where have we heard that? I thought back to Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, well, I remembered something else I need to, you know, and all of a sudden all these women came out and said, oh, I've had all these neg negative experiences with Brett Kavanaugh. And then once they started actually digging into it, they realized that, no, they, there's no way that these women, some of these women could possibly have had a negative experience with Brett Kavanaugh because none of the facts lined up. And it seems like they're using the same playbook yet again. It's find people that we can try to, you know, and, and again, I think it comes back to um, Saul Alinsky uh, in his book, Rules for Radicals. Uh, very good book. Uh, if you want to understand a lot of what's going on in, in our culture and in our society right now, as far as uh, within our governmental stratus, you know, the government itself, um, and different levels of government and how things are working. Um, one of the, the rules that uh, Saul Alinsky talks about is the idea of repeating something often enough so people will begin to believe it. And it can be something that's a complete fabrication. But if you repeat it often enough, people will begin to accept it as truth. 
And, you know, another example, quick example right. would be, you know, the climate change issue. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's something where if you keep repeating it, and I think this is where they're going, is that once again, well, it's not that there is evidence that he did something. It's just that so many people said he did it. Well, Annette, if there was an, if there was something that he did, if there was an impeachable offense that he did, why hasn't anyone come out with it yet? Exactly. Why haven't they said what it is? They said it was quid pro Joe. Now there's now they're not saying that. Now they're saying it's it's extortion and bribery. I you know, they if I was to make a declaration to a district attorney that a crime took place, I better be able to say what that crime was. And then I can expect the district attorney to start at the crime and work his way backwards. And if they don't see evidence that a crime was committed, then they better be looking at me as to why I reported it as a crime. You see, this is where the, the due process has gone away. This is where our president is being totally mishandled here. I mean, how do they come to the conclusion that there was a crime committed, but they haven't declared the crime? I, and this is what I'm blown away by. There, where's the presumption of innocence? Where's the due process? Why do we have these fake experts rushing to judgment without due process? That's another mind-blowing thing. We have fake experts on the fake news, Pravda Media, rushing to judgment without any due process. Folks, this is a sham. This is a railroad. Unbelievable. These deep staters, these establishment insiders, they hate Trump and they hate us. And they're insane with that hatred. They don't have the hearts of the American people. They just don't. And I'll tell you, when you see the polls right now and you're looking at different polls, you know, 40%, whatever, I'm telling you, folks, it's going down. As I said, the longer this goes on, the worse it is for Democrats because they're going to have nothing. This will go on for 90 days, 100 days. And then people will be looking, what do you got? What's the crime that he's committed? I mean, this is where I'm at on all this. And, and again, they're continuing their investigation. They want to bring these they want to bring Trump's advisors in to ask questions. Again, they haven't even declared a crime yet. I, I, this is this is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, Trump should not be working with him. I guess he's going to force him to go to the courts, and the courts are going to get a hold of this, and they're going to ask Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi, what is the crime? What are you saying he did? What do you have evidence on? And it's just all political, folks. It's really bad for them. And if this comes out this way, and it will, because, again, the election's a year from now. A year from now. This is all going to unfold and unpack for the American people. And they're all going to see this as a real ruining effort. They're all going to see these fake experts on the fake news. And they're going to be not tuning into the fake news next November. They're going to see these. They're going to be looking at these people. They're going to be saying for the last whatever, how many months you've been pounding on your chest, declaring that Trump is going to pot. Folks, where's the evidence? Where's the proof? Where's the crime? You know, they know this isn't going their way and they know it. And that's why you've shifted now to to bribery and, 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 and extortion, extortion. It's unbelievable. Because they can't believe they can't hurt Trump with his supporters. That's what's, that's what's mind-blowing to them. They're so upset at the stupidity of all of us salt-of-the-earth folks. They're upset about it. They go, How do you not see this? Oh, my goodness. How do you not see this? 
Well, folks, we're not seeing it because what we are seeing is that there's no crime. Okay, and that's the bottom line because you haven't declared a crime yet. I want to talk a little bit about the Suffolk University poll. And again, you have to do a little bit of digging in the poll because generally Suffolk University, I, I don't remember very many polls. USA Today got right, Suffolk University. They're usually in the ballpark within five, six points. Okay, that's usually where they are, but they're usually on the high side. When it, when it affects Republicans on the low side, when it affects the Democrats in, in, a, in a negative light. But whatever. If you look at this and kind of see it as I'm going to be presenting it, you'll see that the Democrats realize it as well. You know, they gave a 1,000 registered voters an opportunity to choose among three options regarding impeachment. So they had a 1,000 registered voters. Now, the first option was the House of Representatives should vote to impeach President Trump. The second option was the House should continue investigating Trump, but not impeach him. And the third option is Congress should drop the investigation into Trump and his administration. So here's how they came out. 36% of those polls said that Trump, that the House should vote to impeach Trump, 36%. 22% said the House should continue to investigate, but not impeach. And 37% said to drop it. So that's almost six out of 10 people said, well, heck yeah, investigate. We need to investigate if there's something going on. But we don't believe that the Trump should be impeached. Not with what we've seen. And, and this is where the Democrats are looking. This is what's got them rattled. When six out of 10 respondents, and again, this is with the fake news, with the, with the, with the drumbeat, the constant drumbeat, on, and the fake experts on TV, and these people pounding their chest that Trump broke the law and is ruining this country. With all that happening, only six out of 10 in this survey, only six out of 10 in the survey, I should say six out of 10 in the survey, say they don't favor impeachment at all. Only four out of 10 do. Folks, they know that's going to go the other way. They know that's going to continue to drop. I mean, you've got almost, a, well, about a third of this country that see it one way and two-thirds that see it another way, but certainly six out of ten right now. Annette, what are your thoughts on this fake poll? But it does present things because, again, if you're reading into the poll, would you go to, from registered voters to likely voters? And I don't know what their sampling was, but my guess is it was heavy Democrat. They usually are. So if you kind of get the sampling to be right with likely voters, I think that's going to change to where 40 percent want them, you know, impeached to where maybe 34 percent do or 35. And you'll actually get to the two thirds mark that see this as like, where's the crime? Where's the beef? Annette, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think you're right. It's obvious that the polls are just um, skewed. We talked about that before with. Um, you know, it, it's very easy to manipulate the polls with sample size and the number of, of Republicans and Democrats and independents to shade it, you know, however you want to shade it. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, the majority of people, when they're asked straight up, do you favor impeachment? There's actually one um, one uh, poll that I saw that actually gives people three options. They favor impeachment. They don't favor impeachment or they want to let the voters decide. And actually more people said they just want to let the voters decide in November of 2020 as to whether or not President Trump should serve a second term. And that's that was the poll that I thought was pretty interesting because not very often do you get a third option like that. 
right. number one. Um, you know, and it was it was actually predominantly, I think if, if I remember correctly, might have been 45 or 47 percent of people said, let's just let the voters decide. Um, you know, and that's something where, you know, polling, like I said, you, know, you can skew the numbers and kind of massage things a little bit, you know, get them to, to come out where you'd like them to be. Um, but it is something to, to kind of take a look at and, and dig down. That's what I always encourage everybody, you know, don't just take a poll that you hear. That's at right. Value. See if you can find out. What what was the sample size? Did they did they ask more Democrats than Republicans? Did they ask a you know a small number of independents? Independents tend to favor not impeaching and allowing the president to serve his term and then be voted out of office if that's what everybody decides, um, or to stay and serve a second term. Um, but the majority of independents uh, in in other polls um, tend to lean toward letting the voter decide in 2020 right and generally that does or they they actually tend to favor not impeaching the president um so those numbers obviously are very rarely announced or you know talked about it's because that doesn't fit the narrative that's right i think what's really important too is i i was uh i was debating my if you will my my counterpart in Berks County, the Berks County Democrat Committee chairman, he and I were on BCTV on election night. And, I mean, he was bringing up this impeachment stuff, and he he, he conflated it or compared it to Watergate. And so when he was done and I had my opportunity to say something, I said, well, Watergate happened. A crime happened. They had the goods on Nixon, okay? A crime occurred. Here they haven't even declared a crime. And I think what's really compelling in all of this, again, talk about bipartisan. There were over 400 people, 400 representatives in Congress, who voted to impeach Nixon. That's pretty bipartisan, folks. But when you look at what we saw, and as I pointed out to my Democrat colleague, I should say my my Democratic counterpart, I said, you know, what you saw here with this vote was two Democrats actually voted with Republicans to not do it. All the Republicans stuck together. Oh, and we had four or five Democrats that abstained from a vote. So my folk, my, my, my idea here, and I, I was pointing this out to my, my counterpart, is this isn't bipartisan. This is a partisan vote. And there's nothing worse than a, par- a partisan impeachment vote because that goes nowhere in the public eye no matter how the fake news can spin it with fake experts they're going to lose in the long run because the expert isn't i should say the election's not in two weeks the election's in 52 weeks and i'm telling you there's a whole lot of time to unfold here it's an eternity in politics and i'm telling you the american people are going to see this and trump is going to win in another landslide we are out of time, folks. Thanks for being with us on The Watchman today. Tune in next Saturday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. for more of The Watchman right here on 1180WFYL.com. I should say at WFYL AM radio. Some of our audience listens to us on 1180WFYL.com by clicking on the Listen Live button, but others just choose to listen to us through the listening area. However you choose to listen to us, we appreciate you tuning in. So thanks for tuning in this weekend on The Watchman. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. See you next week. Goodbye for now.